0: A few years ago, my wife and I were on our way back from Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. How many of you have ever been to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee? I'd like to go back, at, you know, very soon. But anyway, we were on the way back from Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And we were driving along and talking and about a lot of things. And we were just caught up in a conversation, we were talking about our goals, and when my wife and I get away, we, we talk about goals and dreams, and we kind of reignite those things, and we were talking about some changes that we want to make when we get home, and we were just caught up while we were driving, and well, then she pulls out a bag of sweet potato chips, and, uh, and they were really good. And uh, uh, between the conversation and the sweet potato chips, I just got totally caught up in it. And instead of going through uh, Columbia, South Carolina, I we ended up in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we just completely, I, I just got caught up, completely missed the turn. And I didn't realize, you know, even the, during that time, I didn't realize where we were at. I was just enjoying the conversation, sweet potato chips and, and all. Of a sudden, there's a sign that says Charlotte 10 miles, you know. And uh, you know, what had happened was we got caught up in things and we got off course. And uh, although I knew our destination and I knew we had to go through Columbia to get to it, I didn't really set my course very well and I didn't keep my mind set on my tr- set on track on my destination. How many know that if you want to go from, from here, to, say, Pigeon Forge or any place you gotta have a map. You gotta set a map, and you gotta know what your destination is. And if you don't, you're probably gonna find yourself off track, off course. Now, that, in that trip, it took us several hours to get back on track, and, uh, you know, and that's what happens to us in life. You know, Life is a lot like that. If, if we're not careful to set our course in life, to keep our destination in mind, it's easy for us to get caught up in conversation, caught up in work, caught up in life, caught up in busyness, and find ourselves off track. Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever done that to the point that, that all of a sudden you wake up one day and you realize, man, I was supposed to be over here and I'm over here. Amen? And you know it it takes a lot to get you back on track, doesn't it? It takes a lot of prayer, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of effort to get yourself back on track. Well, this time of year, this time of year, a lot of people, most people, are evaluating their lives and they are... Uh, they're coming up with things that where, you know, where they're at in life and they're, they're looking at things they want to change. They're looking at what they want to do and where they want to be, say, this time next year. What it is is they're looking at their what they call their New Year's resolutions or maybe goals or however you want to call it. They're setting goals. And unfortunately, most people most people just make resolutions. Most people just write goals. But somehow through the course of the year, they find themselves off track. They haven't kept their eyes on those resolutions. They haven't kept the, their eyes on those goals and those goals fall by the wayside. I, was, I heard a personal trainer this last week say, if your gym is full right now, just wait until Valentine's Day, you'll be empty again. <laughs> and that's the problem with, if, if all we do is just write up resolutions or goals, They'll, they'll fall by the wayside. We have to set a course, and we have to keep our eye fixed on the goal. On your chairs this morning, uh, there's a few pieces of paper. One is called the Spiritual Growth Challenge. We put that out every year to help, to help all of us grow. They're just some, some general suggestions. You can take them to whatever level you want to, but they're there to help you set some resolutions, to set some goals, and to help you grow spiritually. How many of you want in 2023 to grow spiritually? It doesn't matter whether you've been saved and following the Lord a 50 or 100 years. You know, it doesn't matter. There's always more you can do to grow into the Lord, to grow spiritually. There's another thing there. It's called the faith declaration card. This is to help you bring your stuff, your resources, your finances, your stuff into alignment with God's will with God's purpose. So uh, you can take that, you can read it. It's not an obligation. It is just something to say, I'm making a commitment to be obedient and faithful to God with my stuff. Can somebody say amen? amen. The other thing on your chairs is our schedule for our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We are today in day eight in our, our 21 days. We have had some awesome times of prayer this last week. Amen? And uh, Now, this week, we're, we're doing something different. Beginning tomorrow, tomorrow we will not be meeting here at 5 for prayer. We're going to be meeting at Jesus Church at 7 o'clock. So um, I'm telling you all now, so, so no one shows up here at 5 o'clock tomorrow. For this week, we are going to be partnering in prayer with Jesus Church and Thrive Church, two other churches. We're going to be partnering in prayer. Yes. How many know God loves that, right? And we've been invited to be a part of it. And so from tomorrow through Saturday, from 7 to 8, it'll it'll just be an hour just like we meet here. Probably be similar of a format. We do have a theme uh, for this this week. It's, It's called Unity of the Spirit is the theme for this week. And how many know we can pray some big prayers this week? How many know revival could just break out of this? Amen? Amen. So we, let's just let's make sure that this week that you plan and make your time, put it on your calendar to be a part of this. We want a good showing from, from New Life. Amen. Well, our theme for this twenty-one days of prayer, uh, and actually it's become the theme uh, for for my whole year. But the theme for this twenty-one days: set the course, fix your eyes on Jesus. Say that with me: set the course. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Amen? Well, see, uh, I look around and I see in the world we live in. We live in a turbulent world today. Now, maybe 100 years ago or 200, maybe throughout history, maybe it's been just as turbulent, just as... But I'm going to tell you, I know in the world we live in and there is a turbulence that's taking effect that we need to be more focused we need to know who our god is more and we need to have a course set for our lives because with all the turbulence turbulence meaning wind and 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 storms and with all it could easily we knock us off course so set the course Fix your eyes on Jesus. That's not a, a, a difficult thing to do, right? It is, but it's not. It's easy. Set your course out for what you're going to do these 21 days, what you're going to do for this year. Set the course out for what you're going to do in your life. Amen? So let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. Pastor Lisa said, You're getting excited, Pastor. Drink a little water, okay? <laughs> Amen. It was a good time of worship this morning. It's a good time of worship. First Thessalonians five. I, I gave a little preview of this uh, on Monday night in our in our prayer devotional here, and so those that you have missed it, see you, see what you're missing. Make sure you come out. This week's gonna be awesome. I'm, I'm gonna be sharing uh, Wednesday night at Jesus Church, so you can make sure you come out Wednesday night. But uh, So we're gonna have Pastor Chris will be sharing this week, Pastor Pete from Thrive will be sharing, I'll be sharing, and we're gonna pray, we're gonna worship, and I believe heaven's gonna come down, so don't miss it, okay? So I wanna talk to you today about setting guardrails for life. How many know that we need guardrails in our life to help keep us on course. Now, guardrails are there to keep you between the lines. How many of you know you got to stay between the lines, right? You drive I mean, you know out driving. The first thing you need to learn as a driver is stay between the lines, right? Well, it's the same way with life. You got to stay between the lines, and we need guardrails to keep us there. So, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna. I'm not gonna read this whole chapter verse of uh, chapter five, but I want to share a couple uh, verses in the beginning. Then we're gonna get to the main verse. Uh, we're gonna jump down to the main verse, but I want to set the context for what I'm talking about today and kind of a deeper meaning of what I'm talking about and a deeper meaning for these big prayers and a deeper meaning for, for setting the course and, stay, and keeping your eyes on Jesus, okay? So verse one, in verse one, uh, Paul writes here, he says, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you what he's saying here is that you need to be aware. He said, he's, he said, I have no need to write because you should be aware of the times and seasons. You should be aware of the times and seasons because of your prayer life. Through, and through communing with the, with the Lord, you should, be, you should know the times and the seasons. You should know the times and the seasons because it's written in the Word. You should know the times and the seasons because of the Holy Spirit. You should know these times and seasons. Now, the word times that he speaks of there is the word, it's the Greek word chronos. And what it means is natural time. I'm going to put it simple it means natural time. It's like today. That's Kronos. Tomorrow is Kronos. Three o'clock today is Kronos. It's, it's more natural time, okay? So remember that. But the word seasons here is the word Kairos. And it, Kairos time is, an, is, a, is a time that is an occasion or an opportune time. It's things that are going to be happening. You know, like I could say something like, you know, Jesus is returning, That's speaking Kairos time, okay? It's not a specific time. It is, and that's what Paul is talking about when he speaks of Kairos here. He's talking about specific events and specific things that are coming up, but there's no time for that. Do you understand the difference? Kronos, Kairos, okay? And he's talking about us being aware, aware of time. How many know if you're not aware of time, just like I wasn't aware in my trip where we were going how many of, if you're not aware of time all of a sudden you go uh oh I missed that doctor's appointment Uh-oh, I, anybody ever do that am I the only one that's done that because I, I wasn't aware of time well he's saying the same thing about about Cairo's time you have to be aware you have to know what the Lord says is going to be taking place here is my hero Gabby amen thank you Gabby you know what she's bringing me hot tea. Isn't that wonderful? And so, sorry, guys. And that is hot tea, okay? Verse 2 says, Paul continues, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. That's Kairos time, okay? He says, you know perfectly. You ever... When you were a child growing up, I know I did with my children when they were growing up, and they knew they weren't supposed to, I'd look at them and say, you know perfectly well what you were supposed to do, right? you ever done that or had somebody tell you, you should know perfectly well? That's what Paul's saying. He says, you know perfectly that the day of the Lord is coming as a thief in the night. That's a good question for you. Do you know that? Do you remember Paul saying, be aware of that? How many know the Lord is returning? The Bible says and teaches the Lord is returning. How many know that He can come at any moment? Right now, He could come. Bible tells us that, right? So, because of that, we should be aware and we should know perfectly. That the Lord is coming, and we don't know the time, but we know He could come right now. And what Paul is saying to us there is that we need to allow these seasons, that the awareness, the cognizance of the seasons of life, the seasons that we see in the Bible, the seasons, things happening in the world. We should be we should know perfectly well that they are a reminder that the Lord is returning. How many know the most important thing in our life? The things we say our eyes on is Jesus. Jesus' return should be something that's on our heart, on our life, on our mind, every single day. We should live with this awareness, and that's what Paul is saying. Live with that awareness. Every time you see a sign, you know you see the turbulence of the world we live in, understand it's not to cause you to worry or to get fearful. It's cause you to be reminded. Yeah, that's what the Lord says. That's what the Bible says. That, that means the Lord is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back for me. How many, how many in here will can say, he's coming back for me? <laughs> Amen? He is. He's coming back for me. But today I want to talk about, so uh, there's more in this passage that you should read on your own. Take it this week. Read the rest of this passage. But I want to, I want to talk with you specifically. I want you to jump down to, to verse 16. But I want to... Talk specifically about three attitudes that we need to be in that will keep us on course in our life these 21 days, in our lives, uh, maybe for this year, but three attitudes that I know will keep us on course for the Lord's return. I say we need things to keep us on course during this 21 days. I tell you, every day. I'm tempted to break certain areas of my fast. I keep saying, no, I want to finish this course, right? And this year, you're going to be tempted to break those goals and what God's put on your heart to accomplish. We need, these are three attitudes that we need that will keep us on course. And I'm calling those guardrails, guardrails, for life, okay? So drop down to verse 16. This verse I've adopted, the Lord put this verse on my heart this, uh, and, and this last week, and I've adopted this as my verse for 2023. It's going to be a reminder, a reminder to keep in what God is doing, amen? Here's what it says. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for who? For who? For For you, for me, for us. This is the will of Christ Jesus. Father, we ask you, Lord, today, open our hearts that we would hear your voice through these words. Open our hearts that we would receive what it is, Holy Spirit, that you would have to say. Fill our hearts with you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So in three, these three verses, there's there's three attitudes that we need to to be in to stay on course. They're, they're what I'm calling guardrails. So I want you to I want you to 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 understand what we're talking about is some attitudes that we need to be in that will create guardrails in your life to keep you on course, whether it be for the 21 days or for the course of your life or for the course of waiting for his return. Amen. The first one is be joyful. Say that with me. Be joyful. Shout joyful. Shout that word. That wasn't very loud. We wouldn't make it at a football game. Just shout Joyful. joyful. That's a little bit better. This last Friday, we every Friday morning we have a men's breakfast, and it's supposed to be during our during our uh, our life group semesters. But the men's breakfast just kind of keeps on going, and and uh, and every Friday morning we meet at eight o'clock up here at Peach Valley, and uh, George Locke and, and Randy Nowell, they they lead this they lead this motley group of men in this restaurant and. And these six men, the six men, we had six men there on on Friday. And these men are just full of the joy of the Lord. It was just a joyful time. We laughed, we prayed, we shared God's Word, we ate together, we had a great time. It was, and I left there just with the joy of the Lord. How many know that, that, that when you're together with people that are, that are living in the joy of the Lord, that you can't help but to be in the joy of the Lord? Amen? Well, verse 16 says here, Rejoice always. Rejoice, be joyful always. You see, joy is not happiness. Happiness is a a great thing, but happiness in life comes and goes. How many of you can say, I'm happy all the time? None of us. But how many know the Bible tells us we can be joy-filled, we can be full of joy all the time? And that's what he's saying here. He's saying be, be, rejoice always or be full of joyful. Be joyful all the times. You know, there's a lot of times in life that, that we go through circumstances. We go through problems. We go through big decisions, difficulties, maybe failures, or maybe losses. And we can't be happy. In fact, it would be kind of foolish to be happy. You lose a, a loved one, and, and you, don't, you, you can't be happy. You're grieving but the Bible promises you can still be filled with the joy of the Lord, amen? Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Say that with me. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, the word joy there simply means gladness of heart. You see, you could lose a loved one. You could have a, a business failure. You. you could go through a difficult time, and you come back and understand that it is the Lord that fills my heart. It is the Lord, that, and I can have gladness of heart even during the toughest of times I'm going through. Can somebody say amen? So joy is a matter of the heart. It's an attitude that we choose to live in. See, I can choose, I can choose to be filled with the joy of the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about, like I said, I'm not talking about, you know, fake it till you make it. How many of you ever heard that saying before? I, I, I don't believe fake it till you make it. I believe in reality, staying connected, and, and but I also believe in the truth of the Word of God, and I believe I can be filled with the joy of the Lord, and I can choose that joy through all of life's circumstances. I can choose it. Every day when I wake up, I can choose the attitude of the day what attitude when you roll your feet out of bed and climb out of bed and get moving in the morning what is the attitude is the attitude oh my aching back or oh I got this going on or oh I'm facing the same problem I went to bed with no your attitude you can choose your attitude to be the attitude of joy I choose joy how about you see I choose joy Psalm 1611, boy, that was really weak, you know. I can tell football season is almost over. I don't hear any men's voices in that. Say, I choose joy. (laughs) Psalm 1611 says, In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. How many know the Bible says that Jesus on the cross with all he was going through that said for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. We can't even imagine the difficulty, the pain, the suffering, all that he was going through on the cross, but he said he had joy, he had joy. The psalmist here writes that in his presence is the fullness. You need, you need a boost in your joy, you need, to, you need your joy level to rise, get in his presence because the fullness of joy is in his presence. You see, this is a choice. You can decide what you're, that you're gonna be filled with the joy, and I'm gonna tell you, it all comes down to who are you gonna spend your day with? First, the first decision of the day. I choose joy, Lord, second decision, and I choose it because I'm gonna spend my day with you, amen, and then find some joyful people Find some joyful people you could start your day with to laugh and share the word and rejoice together. Then go find people that don't have joy and let it be contagious. Amen? That's right. Just let it be contagious. Amen. Nehemiah says here, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now get this. The word strength there means defense. A lot of times we think that word strength there means it makes me strong. Well, may it, it's gonna give you a boost. But the actual word in the Hebrew there is defense. It means fortress. The joy of the Lord is my defense system. The joy of the Lord is my fortress. It's my fortress against all the turbulence of the world. It's my defense against all those competing voices. It's my defense to everything that wants to knock me off course. It's the joy of the Lord. Amen. The attitude of the day should be what? What? Joyful. Come on, say it loud. Joyful, Joyful. amen. The second attitude that we need to be in is be prayerful. Say that one with me. Be prayerful. You got to understand me. This week, we've been praying all week, and every night we're praying, and and everybody's praying. You know, we we only have maybe you know fifteen people here and whatever, and, and we're just man. Let's all pray. We're hearing people praying, and so I'm used to that. So we come to Sunday, and if you're quiet, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep challenging you. Talk back to me a little bit. Let's let's get our voices. Amen. Amen. The shout of voice of triumph, right? Shout to the Lord with what? Voice of triumph. Let's hear your voices. So the second attitude is to be prayerful. We've been meeting here every night at five o'clock to pray. We've had some awesome times. We've had prayer requests and and prayers answered. We we had. So we had twins that needed to be born and there were complications and problems and that prayer request I believe came in on Sunday. Well on Monday those twins had been born Sunday afternoon and they were healthy and so we have a picture up over on our, these are our prayer walls. If you think what is this church you know, doing with these pieces piece of paper and all the writing. During 21 days of prayer we put, these are called prayer walls. Write your prayer requests down. Write them down. Circle them as they're answered. There's two babies over there that this last week were born healthy. Then they started getting jaundice during the week and so another prayer request went up for those for those, those twins and I, and I don't know where they live or where those twins are at they're in the u k so we're praying for two babies in the u k and we're praying for them they got jaundice so we put us we, we had a circle around them being born healthy now they're start, they, we're starting to get jaundice so we pray now they're healthy and and they're not going back to the hospital amen and so so write your prayer request on these on these prayer walls now now understand something it is we've been meeting here at five o'clock and and I believe that, that this time, for me personally, and I know we do this because I believe what the Bible says, that prayer is going to help us all set the course in our lives. It's prayer that we, we pray, we listen, God speaks, we set the course, and it is prayer that causes us to stay focused on Him, to stay between the lines of life. If you don't pray, you, I'm telling you, you will find yourself off the, out of the guardrails. You'll find yourself outside the lines of life. Verse 17, Paul writes here, pray without ceasing. Now, most people try to justify that with, well, that just means to think about God. Well, okay, that's all right. That's, that's, that's not bad. I'd rather you think about God than not think about God. But, but here's this. I, I was reminded of... Uh, The great football coach, uh, Vince Lombardi, of the Green Bay Packers, he said this one time, and this is one of those things that always comes back to my mind in thinking about life. He says, winning is not a sometimes thing. It's an all-the-time thing. You don't win once in a while. You don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Well, I want to tell you, prayerfulness is the same way. That's what Paul is saying. Prayerfulness is the same way. It's not a sometimes thing. That's what Paul's saying. It's an all the time thing. You don't just pray once in a while. That's exactly what Paul's saying. He's telling us here that that we need to live in an attitude of prayerfulness all the time. Pray without ceasing. Too many people pray once in a while. Are you hearing me? You know, too many people. He's saying, live in this prayerfulness. You see, prayer is an action. It's, it's a specific action. Prayer is an action. Prayerfulness is an attitude of life. And that's what Paul's telling us, to live in the atti- this attitude of prayerfulness. To pray without ceasing is to always be in an attitude of prayer, to always be in communion with with the Lord Lord what are we doing here Lord what do I need to do in this decision what do I where do I go do I turn the right to the right or to the left Lord Lord how am I to respond to this person with what they just said Lord how am I to respond just an attitude of prayerfulness all the time doesn't mean you have to live your life in your prayer closet that'd be kind of strange you know Uh, you wouldn't have a prayer closet long would you But what we're to do is to live in that throughout our day, of course, at work and and the grocery store, just live in this prayerfulness, live in this attitude, this constant flow of prayer. You see, it's in the gaps, it's in the gaps between prayerfulness that we find ourselves more vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. It's in those gaps. Of prayerlessness, if you will, that we find ourselves off course. It's in the gaps that between in prayerlessness that that we find ourselves losing sight of our goal. Okay, it's in those gaps. Paul writes in Ephesians six eight. He says, "Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end." with all perseverance and supplication. You can study that out, man. But I'm gonna tell you right there, he says, pray always, pray in the Spirit. You don't have to always be praying with your voice, just praying in the Spirit. Lord, I just know, Lord, I I just know you're gonna see me through this, you're gonna help me through it. Praying in the Spirit, I mean, you can just, you can pray in the Spirit at any point in time, at any situation or any circumstance, and wherever you're at, you can pray in the Spirit. And And then he says, pray in the Spirit and be watchful. We need to be looking for signs. We leave the signs of the times, the seasons, right? We need to be watchful to this end. And then he talks about perseverance, because I'm going to tell you, you're going to want to quit. 21 days of prayer, you're going to want to quit. Don't quit, okay? So, first things, we've got to be joyful. Say joyful. joyful. Okay, second things, we've got to be prayerful. Prayerful. Hallelujah. I love that. That's good. Okay, the third thing is we've got to be thankful. Be thankful. Say thankful. Be thankful. How many know who Zig Ziglar was? Zig Ziglar, a uh, motivational speaker. He was a man of God. He was an author. But he said this. He said, of all the attitudes we can acquire, surely the attitude of gratitude is the most important and by far the most life-changing. The attitude of gratitude is the most important and most life-changing. You see... Thankfulness, and hear this, thankfulness is the beginning of humility. Thankfulness. It's the acknowledgement that I couldn't have done this without, without God. I couldn't have done this without another person. I'm thankful for what you've done, Lord. I'm thankful for how you've helped me, for praying for me. It's the beginning of humility. Thankfulness is the foundation of worship. You can never worship if you're not Thankful it's the foundation of worship. Thankfulness is the righteous response to blessing. God blesses you. The response is, is not pride. The response should be thankfulness to God for the blessings he's poured out to you. Verse 18, he says, in everything, say everything, give thanks. In everything." give thanks. The word everything here uh, in the the Greek language means, well, it kind of means everything. (laughs) All. Everything. All encompassing. Every stage of life. Every circumstance of life. Every day of life, he says, no matter what you're going to, be thankful. Sometimes you got to be reminded of what you have to be thankful for. You got to be reminded. We need to live in thankfulness for all God has done. How many of you have, would say this morning, God has blessed me? Yes. How many are thankful for what God has done in your life? How many of you are thankful of what he's given you? Yes. Amen. How many of you are thankful for what he's brought us from? Yes. Anybody thankful for what he's brought you from? Yes. How many are you thankful for where he has you right now today? Yes. How many of you are thankful for where he's leading you tomorrow? Yes. Amen. You can live in thankfulness, amen? Paul writes in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it's supernatural, and the peace of God, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, thankfulness, thankfulness. The word thankfulness, the word thankfulness in this passage, thanksgiving, is, is actually translated from the Greek word eucharista. It's where we get the word eucharist. It's where we get the word and we celebrate communion or holy communion. It, it comes thankfulness the very core of what communion to the lord the lord's table whatever you call it the eucharist the lord's table communion whatever you call it the core of it comes from thankfulness in a few moments we're going to be we're going to be sharing communion Those of you at home, go ahead and make sure you have your elements of communion, Uh, the juice and a a wafer, a cracker, those here, make sure you have it. If you don't, put your hand up, and we'll make sure that we get one to you in the next few moments. But the worship team, I'm going to ask you guys to go ahead and come on back up. And I want you to prepare, prepare in a few moments to receive, to receive communion. And the way I want you to prepare for it today is I want you to stop over the next few minutes, think about what you're thankful for. What are you thankful for in your life? What are, the, what are those big things that God's done for you in your life? What are you thankful? Ponder that. Paul says here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, he says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I want you to understand and grasp this morning that this is God's will for you. It's God's will for you to be joyful, to to be to rejoice always, that's God's will for you, to live in the joy of the Lord. It's God's will for you to be prayerful in constant communion and relationship with him. It is God's will that in everything that you're to have a heart of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. He says, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. How many know that it is God's will for you to set the course of your life? Set the course for these twenty-one days. Set the course and keep your eyes on Jesus. How many know that's God's will? It's God's will for you. I believe it's God's will for us to to determine those guardrails in our lives, the lines, and stay between them. God in the Bible, Jesus talked about being the narrow path. Right, I'm just calling them the sides of that guardrails. I'm calling it between the lines. But he calls it the narrow path. Wide is the path to destruction. Narrow. Narrow is the path. That's where God wants us to stay. It's his will for us to stay there. So I want us to receive from the Lord's table this morning. So would you first just right now just take a moment and bow your heads with me. Just bow your heads in a prayerful attitude, in a prayerful attitude. What are you thankful for this morning? What are you thankful for? Salvation? Are you thankful for the, the Lord's salvation, what he did on the cross, what we celebrate with this cup? Are you thankful for your healing? Are you thankful for your healing. You know, faith doesn't see things as they are. It sees things as they are to be. So you could have been healed and be thankful, or you can also be thankful for your healing. That's coming. Still on the way. Are you thankful for God's promises? How many know God's promises are yes and amen? To the glory of God. Are you thankful for your family? Are you thankful for your work? Are you thankful for your church? Are you thankful for where you live? The Bible says that when we receive communion, we should examine our hearts. I believe one of the things we should do is examine our hearts and say, am I thankful, Lord, for you? Am I thankful for what you've done? Is my life, Lord, aligned with your will and purpose? Is my life aligned with you, God? We take the bread in our hands. Take that wafer. The Bible says that Jesus took the bread. He broke it. Break that wafer. He broke that wafer. And he says, this is my body, which I'm allowing to be broken so that you could be made whole again so that you could be healed so let's partake of the Lord's body the Lord took the he took the cup and we know in, in that time it was, a, it was a cup of wine This is a cup of juice. But what Jesus called it is the cup of the new covenant. What's in it is his blood because of his blood you have a new covenant because of his blood you have a new deal with god the old deals passed away you have a new deal with him a new agreement a new covenant with god and he says that that all of us in christ are new creatures in christ we're brand new because of this are we thankful are we thankful he says this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood that was shed For you, let's partake of the cup. Father, we thank you, Lord, today. We thank you, Lord, for all of what you've done. We thank you, Lord, for those big prayers being answered. And Lord, we declare you are a big God. You can answer every one of them. God, we believe and we attach our faith to you that those prayers right now are being answered. Lord, we thank you for what you did on the cross, setting us free from sin, washing us, making us whole, making us pure before you, God, inviting us back into relationship with you. Father, we thank you, Lord, today. And with your heads closed, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, I just want to ask if, if there's anyone here. Maybe you've found your way at this point in life, maybe outside those lines. Maybe you've you've kind of veered off. Life has pulled you in different directions. And maybe you're here. Maybe you're joining us online today. And you just find that you've kind of gotten off track with God. The Lord, I hear the voice of the Lord saying, come back. The Lord is saying, come back. Get back between the lines. The Bible tells us that all we have to do is confess his lordship. Believe in our heart that he died on the cross and was raised from the dead. And he says, that will bring you right back into alignment with my will. And then he's saying, I believe he's saying, now set your course to stay on track. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. If that's you, you're praying that prayer this morning praying that prayer just lift your hand if you join us online put your hand up right where you're at. I'm praying for you right now thank you very much. thank you very much. thank you. So I'm gonna pray for those that, that lifted their hand that that's the prayer of their heart. I'm praying for you too that uh, that are joining us online. Father I pray Lord over every one of us Lord that you would today, Lord, Lord as we prayed that prayer, Lord, I pray that you would bring us back into complete alignment with your purpose and your will. Set us between the lines, Lord. Set up those guardrails, Lord, in our life. Lord, we pray, Father, today, Lord, for just that restored relationship with you, restored relationship with, with people, Lord, that are full of joy, people that are prayerful, Lord, and people, Lord, that are thankful for what you've done. And Lord, we just give you praise and we give you honor today. And we believe that today is a new day. It's a brand new day for every one of us. And I want you to know if you've prayed that prayer, it's a new day for you today in Jesus' name. Now, would you stand to your feet? I'm gonna ask the worship team just to lead us in one more song and let's just celebrate the presence of God and let the Holy Spirit seal what he's spoken to you and to us today.